0: Hello, hello. I'm Ria Bia.
1: I'm Ranella.
2: And I'm Dandata. And, and this, this is I Survive 2020.
0: 2020.
1: A podcast and lifestyle brand
0: dedicated to shining a light on stories of opportunity born out of adversity.
2: Recorded live at my Paz studio in Pasadena, California. Keep us locked.
0: Okay. Welcome back to another episode of I Survive 2020 podcast. I'm your girl Ria Bia. As you'll see Ranella is yes, back in the building. Hello, it's
1: you. We have missed you so, so good much. to be back. Thank you. I've missed you guys too.
0: <laughs> but, <laughs> I feel like Marcus is feeling a certain type of way because he got demoted you know back to the couch. I got
2: Actually, used. To, I got used to sitting at the table mm-hmm. and uh, you know being a real official host. But I, I, I'm back to the sidekick <laughs> couch. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I feel like I got, like like I bit bit I got demoted. <laughs> no,
1: I love that couch, actually. Yeah, it's <laughs> You know, and I, I feel like me being gone for a while brought out something else inside of you, and now look at you being... He blossomed. I blossomed.
0: Right. When you, came up, you actually, you know what, let me, let me just tell you you did really good thank and very good you know thank you, thank you. i know that you'll never make it back over here <laughs> oh, no! but um it's been what well, it's been good couch, right? it's been really really good but <laughs> sure. you will be happy today because we actually have a guest in studio yes, yes. our first who will be joining you on in, the couch our first, our first, in, first studio in studio guest, guest. Yes, yes. yes i am so excited about this guest i know both of you know him on a yes, personal level absolutely. i just had the pleasure of meeting him today super dope individual so talented mm-hmm. and active. Activist, a writer, a designer, a rapper, like he has, like no he's other. so multi-layered, and mm-hmm. I'm so excited to have him on and talk about yes. what he's doing and yes. his background and just peel back some of these layers because he's such an interesting individual. Absolutely. So, with no further ado, let's bring mm-hmm. our guest on. I'm so excited for our guy David, David Sebastian, Sebastian in the building. Yay.
2: Yay.
3: Oh, my oh my god! god. What's
1: up, man? What's
3: <laughs> Up you
1: guys.
0: It's How are you doing? So good to
1: have you here.
0: I'm
3: amazing. I'm amazing. This Always. Is yes. You are
0: so dope to me. Let me just start this off by saying that this is my first time meeting you, but I've watched so many of your YouTube videos. Thank I've you. seen what you've done in the community, what you're doing in downtown LA. Lyrically you are so crazy and underrated, but so dope to me. And I'm just, I, I just have the pleasure of meeting you today. I'm happy to be in it's
3: your studio. It's an honor presence. to be here and to be the <laughs> right. one of the first the first, in yeah, yeah. studio yeah. Guests. guests. So thank Amazing. you.
1: Amazing. I know. And I've known you for over 10 years. You probably don't remember that. And I, do. I actually. It was another <laughs> lifetime. <laughs> yeah. Right? I met David a long time ago, actually, at one of Don Dada's or Don Dada or Marcus's yeah. club. I remember it was at Boulevard Three. Boulevard three. Mm -hmm. That's what it was Um, called back then. I don't even know if it's still open. And one of the spots that you were probably throwing back then.
2: uh, Yeah. I mean, David, (laughs) you know, we go way back too. like, he's been a supporter of of mine for, for years and years. You know, he's always come to the clubs and performed and, you know, I want to say I probably was one of the first promoters to,
3: you know, give him a platform to perform. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: You know,
3: um, that might be accurate.
2: Yeah, so we we all go. Uh, so this, uh, again, another full, full circle, circle moment. Full circle moment. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. You've always been animated. That's why someone that you would never forget.
3: Yeah, it was, it was a beautiful time. Back then I was really focused on networking and mm-hmm. just being out there. You know, I, I really just wanted to be out there. And, you know, I didn't have an ID. I was like 18, 17. Just sneaking what? in clubs, and I remember... Um,
0: Did you know that, Marcus? I
2: had he
0: few. was underage. <laughs> yeah. So you were trying to <laughs> talk to me, and you were only yeah, 18. But he was so
3: cool. I don't think we
2: even asked him for his ID, because he was oh just... My he, was, he was that guy back then. He just, like, walked in, like, I'm David Shibati. Like Yeah, you I'm walked
1: around like you owned the place. I remember.
3: Yeah, and you I was, were, like, I was young as another. shit. I, it was crazy.
0: <laughs> so That's you were really just, like, bust up in these clubs, like, hey, I'm here.
3: Yeah. I mean, I mean, I could talk about it now in, like, retrospect, but... <laughs> That's crazy. Like, back then, like... I was like catching the bus like I was catching the bus to the club couldn't even get home I was like sleeping in like the bathroom at the Roosevelt Hotel like I was on my grind like I was I was just trying to figure it out that's
1: amazing and look at you now
3: God is good God
0: is good so let's go back before you were sneaking into the clubs and talk about David Sebastian growing up in South LA like tell us about the early beginnings what were you doing? Where did you grow up? What kind of inspired you to get on the path you got on as far as like being a true, re- well-rounded artist?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um. Okay, so I was born, uh, I'm half black, half Polish Jew. My my mother is oh, wow. a devout Christian, went to church, had me in church four times a week. Wow. My father um, was a fine artist turned rabbi. I've only met him like maybe five, oh, six wow. times in my life. Um, he started family moved to Israel, but he kind of gave me his, his genes, you know, um, on, on the artistic side. And my mom, you know, she's from Watts, Mm -hmm. you know, she, she did the best she could to foster creativity. You know, I was like three, four years old. She's playing Mozart in the house. She's teaching me about Goya and Michelangelo and Basquiat and stuff. She would take me to the museum every weekend, you know, so, she really helped foster that creativity. Um being from Koreatown to downtown and moving to Torrance. I've been to every school in Los Angeles school district, hopping around, being just a ignorant bad kid with a lot of energy, mm-hmm. misplaced energy, misunderstood. And when you're young, especially a young black kid in these inner city schools, I feel like um, you know, <sighs> There's so many people in a classroom that they can't really focus on you. And when you, you know, when you step outside the box or when you when you question authority, um, their first instinct is just to, like, kick you out yeah. or to, you know. No, that's focused.
0: the truth, especially yeah. like when you think of L.A. Unified School District and and how these classrooms are overpopulated. And when you're a kid who needs that one on one attention, I was that kid. Like mm-hmm. I could not mm-hmm. learn in large groups of people. Mm-hmm. I needed it was my parents who like after school Mm -hmm. would go home with me and sit at that table and give me that one-on-one. And that's really how I learned a lot. Mm -hmm. It
3: wasn't. One of my big picture goals is to revolutionize uh, uh, learning, you know, um, and just change academia because the L.A. Unified School District or just modern, you know, public schools were based off of, like, the prison system. Mm-hmm. That's why there's, like, that huge gate around the school, and that's why you sit in rows and you raise your hand. And, I mean, it, you can mirror prison and school, and it's it's pretty much the same shit. I never
0: that's even true. looked yeah. at it like that, but you're absolutely right. It is, like. Pledge allegiance to yeah. the
3: flag, walk in a straight line.
2: Yeah. And even the food. I remember the food sucked the
0: food was like prison <laughs> food and even like nowadays especially with all these school shootings and stuff like when you enter a lot of these public schools around the country you're being searched mm-hmm. you know it's for for weapons it's and all prison. types of stuff mm-hmm. so it is like it is like being in a So
3: prison. my 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 idea of a, a futuristic school is very communal and the students are teachers as well so the students teach the teachers the teachers teach the students and awesome. it's a it's an ecosystem of learning
1: mm, that's awesome
0: that's amazing. Like I your your perspective on that is it's deep. It's something I've never I've never looked at it like that, but you're absolutely right and based off of your experiences, you know, yeah. you're taking that and taking it to another level for for the future of, of the school system.
3: I started my own uh program, art program called Just Draw it. Mm-hmm. And um it's for kids 7 to 17, but I had a couple 5-year-olds come in and um I used to hold it downtown in my in my little one-bedroom, well, it wasn't a bedroom, but, like, one office space corner of Ninth and Broadway. Mm-hmm. And we started with, like, three kids. And then yeah. in, like, six months, it grew to about 50, 50, 60 kids. And it was free. And it, I was teaching kids about meditation and manifestation and... Um, just everything it was it was a beautiful moment. I'm gonna bring it back. I'm getting like a huge warehouse space. So I'm gonna bring it that's back. That's also awesome yeah, us that you know because
0: we have a two year old who needs yeah. to be in yeah. that class. No, trust me. Think- every
3: kid that's been a, came to the program, their parents told me like, "Yo, you changed our kid's life." Like, they're like they're in school selling their art now. They're creating clothing lines. Right. Or, you know,
1: and it's good that it actually. To teach young kids to you know meditation and manifestation at a young age because like, you people instead. don't understand that yeah. yeah that Lakers before they even play the game when Kobe you know was around they used to meditate before a game and, and Phil people didn't Phil, know, ja-
3: Phil Jackson oh, yes yeah. that's what they Who had. won you know mm-hmm. the Bulls he's like won the most championships at anything he was like on that visualization vibe right. you know and that's what I'm on it's
1: really important yeah for kids to do that especially now kids are like stressed out at a young age like what are you stressed about you don't have bills yet.
3: You right know? so Man, this world is crazy crazy mm-hmm.
2: shit and especially with all the technology and kids being kind of um hooked on these ipads yes. and all these these gadgets you know so real toxic yeah yeah people so don't that's, understand that's that, that you're dope. absorbing but like you said we got to get story yeah
0: mm-hmm. and not everybody learns the same way i think that's part of like the prison mentality that you speak of in the school system it's like If there's 50 kids in a classroom, we don't all think alike. We don't all learn alike. So you can't teach us all the same way. People absorb information differently. So, like, giving folks that outlet, especially that creative outlet that has been taken out of so many schools just because of financial purposes. Like, you see a lot of the arts have been taken out of the public school system.
3: And and just to be accurate, I don't know the guy's name, so I don't want to misquote, but Mm -hmm. during the Industrial Revolution, um, there was some old white man who kind of mirrored – Manufacturing, but during the manufacturing boom, with school to teach, like you know, it's like an assembly line, right? So, raise your hand. It's it's teaching kids how to be workers, how to be slaves, not how to be independent thinkers. So. I, I used to get kicked out because you know the teacher would be like, you know, uh, the earth is the earth is round. I'd be like, how do you know? And <laughs> da, 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 da. I that that, kid, that, was, that yeah. question, like,
2: man, he challenged the, the yeah. teacher. You know, like, where do you get that from? And I'm the like, teachers right. do
1: not like being challenged. Yeah. <laughs>
2: that's good, man. Yeah, that's 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 so dope. That yeah.
1: So, dope. so anyhow, uh, you're a huge advocate for the homeless. Yeah. And you have the brand uh Skidwell Fashion Week. For sure. And. Um, See, I'm reading off of this. and collection, not all heroes wear capes. Where does your passion to combat home- homelessness come from, and what do you think the solution to fixing the problem is?
3: Well, first off, I kind of hate words like advocate or philanthropist or any of those three-syllable words because <laughs> at the end of the day, I'm just a human being. You know what I mean? I just care. And, like, that that's really it. There's no, like, special... There's nothing special about it. I just feel like it's it's ridiculous that we live in a planet or in a country or in a city where there's people who don't have basic needs. When there's multi-billionaires, multi-millionaires and a multi-billion dollar fund to help the homeless that, that hasn't been allocated. So mm-hmm. really, I'm just um, I just I'm just a human being doing what I'm, you know, using my voice, I guess.
0: You know, that's that's like one of the reasons I've really been drawn to you, because I. I also Marcus and I live downtown L.A. on six in spring. Mm -hmm. Um, Then we moved to six in Los Angeles. And you have like you said, these multimillion dollar lofts that are like the size of a closet. People are paying twenty five hundred to three thousand dollars a month living there. And then a couple of blocks down the street, you have Skid Row Mm and to me, it was living down there. I just didn't feel comfortable. I was like, I have to do something. So we, yeah, I mean, we actually became really involved with was like the homeless of, community. It was,
2: it was a, a real wake-up call living downtown because, you know, we lived in this, this you know, nice, really nice loft. Mm-hmm. And then you walk downstairs and you have, you know, you see guys wearing $500 suits stepping over homeless people. And, and it's just like it was a huge wake-up call living down there. and um, Yeah. Yeah, it's just a huge problem. Like, what so, yeah. what do you, what do you think are some of the solutions for fixing a homeless problem in, in uh, LA?
3: Well, I could I could tell you my my personal solution that that I'm working on. It it's a little far fetched. It's a little idealistic. Um But before I go into that, just to segue. Skid Row Fashion Week, the brand um, was created to employ, empower. And rehabilitate the homeless. So, think of uh, think of a brand like Supreme, right? Um, you, Supreme made like annually, you know, in their best year, let's say three hundred million dollars, right? So, imagine the clothes Supreme being made by the homeless. So you're creating job opportunities, and then the the a percentage of the the sales go directly back into housing. Rehabilitation and building out programs to help sustain a better future. Um, so that's kind of the ecosystem we have. We have a warehouse downtown um, called Skiro Manufacturing, where you know if you if you want to start a clothing line, you know you could go to them. You could go to them. You go to them, or you could go to us. And if you go to us, you know that you know that we took someone off the street, yep. we gave them a job, and they're um and they're 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 working on your stuff. So. So, yeah.
2: you're, so you're teaching people how to manufacture and, and teach uh, people design. how to fish, essentially. Right. essentially.
3: Fish. And um, we've had like maybe 10, 12 people through the program, but we're growing every every day. And, um, yeah, so back to the solution. Uh, my goal in the next three to four years is for Skiro Fashion Week to gross maybe $150 million um, and to take about – 80, 90 million of it, and to buy a thousand acres outside of Las Vegas and create a multi-dimensional, eco-friendly, self-sustaining compound that could house maybe twenty thousand people, and it's a three hundred and sixty-degree, free food, rehabilitation, career learning, uh meditation er, everything you can it's like a, gonna be like a year program gonna buy a bunch of buses and bus people from skid row and, and they get free housing everything and they get to that's learn amazing. whatever they want
0: that's Yes, insane. i think that's i mean so many people just kind of discount homeless folks like oh they ended up mm-hmm, there because you know because you know, they didn't do this or they didn't do that and I have a lot of compassion in that area. I have a family member who was homeless, and we actually got him into one of the shelters in downtown Los Angeles. And from that, just building a relationship with the folks in that community and just having those conversations, there's so many different reasons why people end up homeless. It's not always because of drugs. And then there's a whole backstory on drugs, too, why some Mm -hmm. people get into drugs. It's not always like... Laziness. Right. There's a lot of different reasons, and a lot of times these people just need a shot. Right. They need somebody to care. So, mm-hmm. you know, shout-outs to you for doing yeah, what man, you're doing and right. for caring enough to give so people so this good. opportunity. Yeah,
1: especially with women. Sometimes I've, I've heard, like, some women due to sex trafficking, I know that's another yeah. story, or have been abused, they ran away. It's, you it's, know, you it's, never it's know
3: crazy what... stuff going down on Skid Row. Like, mm-hmm. people are running up in tents, raping people. Yeah, I know, I know a woman, her tent got set on fire. Someone tried to kill her. There's Ew. kids six seven eight year old kids living in these tents it's it's really crazy Mm -hmm. so um that's just one of my my big picture goals
1: that's amazing
3: that i'm working toward i just
1: hope they don't go to vegas and go gamble and then come back to the tent i'm just
2: kidding (laughs) (laughs) so So with
0: skid row fashion week you kind (laughs) of took like your love for fashion and married it with something that you were observing and felt like you know but yeah Need I mean be
3: no no offense because I know in this era where things are so easily accessible like back when I knew you it was hard to have a clothing line yeah. like like yeah. back 10 years ago you couldn't just you couldn't just go to a manufacturer people and didn't, didn't no. you didn't know, didn't know how it works right. but now everybody can have a clothing line I mean yeah. we, you know so my my concept it was you know, the last thing the world like especially me moving into this minimalism space you know what is necessary for the planet what what do we need what don't we need and i felt like i could just create a clothing line on some like fly shit or i could create something that um that made a difference mm-hmm. you know so
0: no that's a big deal even how you're talking about sustainability and all that but you you know you've worked with fashion for a while and we know that back in 2019 mm-hmm. gucci had put out a piece that mm-hmm. had blackface on it and it was going completely viral like
3: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah
0: for most of us who saw that for the first time we were like how in the hell like, do you not yeah, see that there's that something happen, wrong like? with this clearly there's a lack of diversity mm-hmm. in these office spaces for this to even be allowed to get where it got um but we know that you took a stance with that
3: yeah and i i don't i don't believe it's it's even a lack of diversity you got to mm-hmm you got to look at who owns these companies yeah. who runs them mm-hmm. who their target demographic is you know like we we get mad when like let's say the police kills one of ours right but who runs the police right the you know the the clan is the police so yeah. it's like you can't like this there's there's systems in place where you know you can't really be mad at at the oppressor when you know that they're the ones who are pressing you gucci wasn't made for black people, but we we support it the most, you know. And I don't know the exact percentage, but it's astonishing. Like, most of their revenue comes from the belts, yeah. from belts and bags, and that's because that's the cheapest um, someone can buy in and feel like they're a part of the brand. So yep. niggas are just buying Gucci belts.
2: Just to wear it. That's crazy. Just yeah. to
3: wear it, just to feel a part of something instead of spending that money and supporting, you know, your, your brother, your fellow mm-hmm. black business, you know right. what I mean? Like, put money... But it's all systematic program. It's not. It's not your fault. Like if you brought a Gucci belt to feel cool, it's not your fault. It's years and years and years of programming and uh, systematic oppression, and you feeling like you need validation from some Italian brand. You right. know.
2: And let's not even talk about um, them stealing from. Oh man! T- oh, you know. for sure.
0: They're known for like stealing designs yeah. from from small black like black yeah. owned businesses mm-hmm. and black designers, and that's I mean there's a number of people we know somebody personally yeah, who that boy. happened to. Shout out to my boy
2: Nick Mayfield. Um, he he designed a uh, black leather jacket uh, with some very distinctive strawberries on it, mm. and they dropped. The identical same. I mean <laughs> from the detail and you know he was on some, some trust fuck. me I know I've, he was I've, on some fuck Gucci shit too and it was around the same time that you did your <laughs> yeah.
3: I've been stolen from more than more than I can count but like I said I, I I used to I guess this comes with age or wisdom but I used to be infuriated when brands or artists or companies would steal from me until I just realized that you know when you have a lack of creativity or a lack of authenticity there's only one thing you can do is go yep. online and 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 peel from the people who might not have such a big voice mm-hmm. you know yep. it just it's just the game yeah mm-hmm. i mean it happens with fashion and music and everything.
1: everything a lot yeah. of people do that right now like and they peel from other people just to, you know, people of position. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people complain about that. Like, wait, this person just copied my style or copied, you know, as an artist, copied my music and Well, see, know, I'm idea. talking about
3: something a little bit more tangible. So, you know, you have people who are, you know, in rural parts of the country. It's like, yo, that he took my style and shit. Like, I get that. Mm-hmm. But, like, I've had artists, like, steal a song, steal a mm-hmm. hook, steal the beat. Right. You know what, mm-hmm. what, yeah. what I mean? Like, Straight up. steal the name. You know right. what I mean? Like, you Damn. can't. <laughs> right, no, that's you true. know, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: like seeing this happen, it happens all the time with the Gucci bonfire that you that you led in downtown LA. Like at, for this particular uh, design that came out by Gucci, mm. what was it about this design, aside from the the fact that it was blatantly like Black disrespectful face. in blackface? What was it about this time that made you say like, F this, I'm, I'm about to do something. We're about to burn all this Gucci. And mm-hmm. did you own any Gucci at the time?
3: No, no, no. No. <laughs> no. Um, well, I t- I'll tell you the story, to be honest with you. So that whole thing was kind of going on, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they, they were releasing it and it was an outrage. And I was on Melrose and I just so happened to have a lot of spray paint on me. And no no I mean it wasn't it, I swear it wasn't planned. I just had a yes, lot of spray paint on me and across the street from the flea market was this huge like 30 foot wall and normally there's advertisements on it but for some reason it was just a white wall that day and I had a lot of spray paint on me. <laughs> and um I was standing in front of this wall for like 10 minutes and that's normally how I approach art. Like I don't come with like a preconceived idea. I kind of that God channel, you know, walk through, flow through me, and um, I'm sitting there, and I'm just, like, looking at this wall, and I remember it was, like, four niggas that walked past me, and they were in, like, head-to-toe Gucci, like, Gucci uniforms, Gucci jumpsuits, Gucci wow. belt pants, all Gucci. And and the first thing that came to my mind was, you know how Kanye said, uh, George Bush doesn't care about black people? Mm-hmm. It was, Gucci doesn't care about black people. And I was like, oh, shit, that's dope. I was like, that would be dope if I drew, like, a Klansman in a Gucci Like clans robe And then drew like A coon in front of a mirror Wearing Gucci Go- Like he's wearing Gucci But like It just came to me right So I start spray painting it And before you know it I hear sirens And I'm like Oh <laughs> fuck Like sirens And um I was with my assistant At the time And they was like Yo we should we should dip So before you know it I, I start hearing helicopters So I'm hearing helicopters I'm hearing sirens I'm like Fuck so I, I dip out and I, I start running. The cops block off Melrose and Fairfax. They block like they set off a barricade. Before you know it, it's two uh two helicopters circling and man, I did like the illest shit to get away from the police, man. Like the illest shit. Uh
0: <laughs> uh, what did you do?
3: So these four bike cops started chasing me, right? Bike cops. Yeah, they were on on, on bikes. Oh my goodness.
1: <laughs> and um
3: <laughs> and I'm running. And so like imagine this is a corner, right? This is the corner, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm and they're they're circling me this way, right? I'm I'm in front of them by like maybe a hundred yards, right? Mm-hmm. I hit the corner and I automatically fall on this on this like I seen a newspaper. I fall on the street, put some newspaper over, me,
2: <gasps> and I just oh I God God. fucking
3: homeless. <laughs> Literally no care. That I was, was like, "This that
2: was genius." Wow. How would you even think
0: that what, fast? What think? Because I like I'm That's
3: like, like the movie. way my mind works is like I'm, I'm <laughs> like I'm like I'm thinking I'm thinking if I continue to run, they're gonna catch, me. catch me, right? So. But they're not about to just stop Some random homeless thing right. on the floor And then they're just gonna be like Where'd he go So I'm literally on the floor With the newspaper here. They're like where'd he go Where'd he go Blah 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 Where'd he go And I'm just like God please Don't take care no. Right they, I'm gonna tell you how like God works It was the illest shit <laughs> they, they go past me I'm still covered up in the shit And then I hear a stop like a, bu- you know, the bus coming wow. and the doors open, sh- your side, blah, blah, blah. I hopped up, ran on the bus, I was out of there. Wow. <laughs> so, that was the
2: best. Yeah. So you work. just left yeah. all
3: the, um, yeah. Yeah,
1: whatchamacallit.
3: And, and for anyone listening, you know, trying to get away from the police, <laughs> that's, um, that's um, the worst thing you could do is just run in a straight line. You have to, you have to think it's about, you got to think about human psychology. You know what I mean? Like, I've, I've, this probably isn't good for for L.A. for the cops listening <laughs> to this, right. but you know, I've I've gotten away a couple times just purely off of just human psychology. You know, people are trained to do one thing, and yeah, you got go to go you got to do the exact opposite. Yeah. Um, but so I got away, and then somehow some newscaster found me, and they did a story on me, and then I printed some. I pr- I took the 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 shirt the the painting that I did, and I put it on a t-shirt. And then Gucci sent me a cease and desist and told me to um
2: did they? <laughs> wow. Yeah.
3: So he sent me a cease and desist and then I printed the cease and desist on the back of merch <laughs> and dope. then I sold that. <laughs>
2: That's dope. And um
3: <laughs> and then they sent another letter talk like threatening to take like big action and then I was just like, you know what? It'll be fucking tight to just bring like everybody in the city to just burn Gucci. Just to burn like burn their earthly possessions to kinda of, like as a liberation type of thing. So you know That's my number one Favorite thing to do Is bring people together So we did it And Dame Dash Pulled up A yeah. lot of artists Everybody pulled up And the funniest story Is this girl This white girl Came and Head to toe Gucci She thought it was An actual oh Gucci <laughs> Party Right She thought it was A Gucci oh party So she came headed to toe Gucci can you believe this girl stripped down to her underwear and threw she everything like, in the fire? Wow. She, she threw, I, I have a, She had no choice at that
1: point. Yeah, she had
0: was Everyone, was, like, the everyone was cheering her. her on and shit. It was
3: like some real movie shit. It was beautiful. So. That's crazy.
1: We need a picture of that or a video or
2: something.
3: Yeah, I gotta see
1: that video. Yeah. It's probably
3: no.
2: fake
1: anyway. I'm just
0: kidding.
2: So you went from,
1: you go
0: from burning Gucci. But you're also you were designing clothes of your own, and you started collaborating with. You've been collaborating with a lot of different brands yeah, and, and designers. Yeah. Uh, from from who I know that yeah. you did Billie something Irish, with like
2: uh, I mean I I, I, I I YG
3: uh, yeah. I was working with OVO Drake stuff. I did all the Chris Brown's tour merch. I've done stuff for Dsquared uh Ruka, Denmark, Rock and Republic. I've, I've worked with a lot of people, right? Um.
1: And my understanding is, like, that's what you used also, to to support you with the music business.
3: Yeah. That's I never how. really, like, I mean, from, for, uh, let's say 95% of people, like, it was just a check to help sustain it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it was cool. Yeah. It was
1: and it was cool. also good to connect and network doing uh, that. No? It was all right. <laughs> no?
3: It was cool. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I can't front. It was okay. It was a, it was a job, yeah. you know, because right. at the end of the day, I know what's cool. I know what's dope. And sometimes you get clients who don't know what's dope, but want to <laughs> like, tell you what they think is dope. And I'm like, why did, why did you hire me? Why am me? I right. here? Why am I here?
2: Right. You don't
3: need me. me. You don't need yeah, me. Yeah, do
1: it yourself.
3: <laughs> yeah, so. I yeah.
1: mean, it was probably easier for you as an artist to base it around their style, their image, to yeah. give them a visual. Of well, the, the best
3: collaborations worked when I just gave them my sauce. Yeah. Like I, I just uh, I can't speak about it because I just closed the deal, but I just um I'm designing for this water company and I I I came on to do like a whole merch line or something and I did it like this, like this. And I told I told the person I was doing the deal, I was like, you could have met with any designer in the city and I'm most confident that that like I'm I'm at that point now. It's it's so weird, like it's not even arrogance, but I feel like i'm like really one of the illest like graphic designer artists like yg's collection i did his whole entire collection in an hour in his living room wow. i came it was like yo let's talk about it i was like nah don't worry i put out my ipad i did the whole Second shit nation. it sold out in a day like it was you so, know
2: so that collection and that collaboration with yg that was done um it came out last summer right mm-hmm. around around the time of the george floyd yeah, yeah, yeah. protest mm-hmm. um was that the inspiration behind that design
3: yeah, I mean, the time was, you know, I've always been a mirror of the times, and it was a chaotic period, and yeah, that was that was definitely because yeah,
2: you've always been, uh, and I know I know you don't like to uh, label yourself as an activist, but you always have been a voice of the community, a voice of, uh, you know, speaking out against uh, everything racism. that
3: has happened in the last year or two. I've been talking about that shit since years, 2010. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been telling everybody sh- all this shit was coming. Yeah, this ain't no new, this ain't new. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, not new. He's not, not one of the people Hollywood. that hopped on mm-hmm.
2: the, uh the protest bandwagon last year. He's been he's been definitely All the
3: like martial like I know what happened. I know what's about to happen. I I like I know what 10 years from now, I I I know what it what it is. So I'm kind of man, I I really spend most of my time like 3 4 years in the future. Like right now I'm just I'm making music. Like I have music. Play, I have the next three albums finished I have a film finished I have like five, six, seven videos finished I'm like you know, I'm like in 2024 20, right now
0: Now I was reading something about you That every time you go into the studio To record music You come out with like At least seven tracks Or something like that, Is uh, that- Y'all did
3: some research <laughs>
0: <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> I
3: mean, pretty much
0: So you have just You just have like a vault of music That's waiting to be released At this point
3: Yeah pretty much when I go in the studio, like I'm I'm really I'm I'm like it's not I don't even want to say fast, but I just I just um I, I'm I just I just I just become the music. I don't know how to describe it. I just like
0: it just comes natural to you.
3: Yes yeah, it's, it's not even that like I'll go to some artist sessions and they'll spend like three hours on a record and I, I think the, the purest form of, of music is emotion and mm-hmm. expression. And you can't duplicate that or replicate that in a hundred takes you know like most of the songs you heard America on Fire Revolution these records were done in like one take two takes and they're like yeah. yo you done yeah I'm done I keep the fuck ups in there like if I mispronounce something I just keep cause it's it's the feeling it's it's the moment you know Good.
1: so creativity to you is just like second nature I mean pretty much that's you that's what you embody
0: that's I have a bar
3: that says I'm not an artist I'm what art is
0: Hmm. I saw a freestyle session of you. I think it was a um, homegrown radio with head mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. Chuck Dizzle. Yeah, Shout yeah. outs to y'all Shout out. um, Shout out. yeah, yeah. family over there. But I was just like, this dude is going off. <laughs> like you were going off and it was just like, it was flawless. And so that's why when, when we introd this show, I was like, you're so dope, but underrated because you have a lot of mm-hmm. artists coming out of specifically the West coast since you're, you know, mm-hmm. from here and you're hearing about them all the time. They're on the radio all the time. They're here and there. But lyrically, you're cutting, you're smashing I, it. I, I, I'm
3: gonna be honest. I'm one of the greatest to ever do it. <laughs> I, re, I really am. I like like, like like time, I, time I, hasn't I caught up it. yet. It's like the, like it hasn't it. consciousness hasn't caught up. But when it's all said and done, when my story's written, hopefully I'm here to see it. I will go down as one of the greatest to ever do it.
2: Yeah, we were listening to to some of your music um, on the way to the studio today. And uh, Rhea was like, yo, when you listen to his music, you can't really tell that he's from L.A. Mm-hmm, he doesn't have mm-hmm. a um, that a typical, standard kind of L.A. Which West Coast so sound. Dope. It's like, where do you well, talk? Well,
3: I'm, I'm, I'm not. I mean, I'm from L.A. born and raised in L.A. L.A. roots. I, you know, but my musical palette like is everything from uh, Fela, Fela to like. To, to Mozart to uh you know punk bands to you know uh, fucking I'm trying to think of like some obscure shit like I listen to like French mm-hmm. like French abstract like yeah, I deliver, I, yeah. I listen to everything and that
0: comes yeah. from your upbringing and what you were exposed to as a kid like listening to Mozart yeah and all like that this stuff.
3: morning I, I woke like... up and I'm in the shower and I'm listening to like the Interstellar soundtrack um like I, I just I pull from different things. That's why I, over that beat, that was like some like jazz jazz vibes. Like I just, you know. You can hear it. You can hear it oh. in his music. Yeah. No,
0: you can definitely hear it. And it, what I love about it is, yeah, a lot of times when you do hear artists, you're like, oh, they're from the South. Oh, they're from the East Coast. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. they're definitely from the West Coast. But with I'm from you, Earth. You, and that's, that's actually how you sound. It's mm-hmm. just like, you have, your style is just like, you have so many layers to it. It's just like, oh, he did this. He just freestyled. And then there's this next, next song that's like really happy where you're like, I want to go to the club mm-hmm. and have fun. So there's so many different levels to you that I think is just like, it's super dope and it kind of shows who you are as a person.
3: One of my favorite rappers I like of all time is, is Pac. You know? mm-hmm. And that's something I appreciated from Pac. Because Pac could give you a dear mama, but then he could give you a hit him up. He could give you a I get around, but he could give you changes. Right. You okay. know, He he was... Um, he was human
2: so this past april you you released um, uh, your first album right mm-hmm. we, are we are god we gone. are god yeah yeah so when i first heard that title obviously you know it stood out like oh that's that's dope but um like what was the inspiration behind that title
3: um wow so not this april but a year ago uh april uh I had this album, I had this body of work, and I've had it for maybe three, four years. If I would have dropped it four years prior, it would—it was, was so ahead of its time. I mean, it's still ahead of its time, and I did it like four years ago. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I was in a management situation, and we kind of held off on it for whatever reason, and we just never put it out. And some of my greatest music was stuck in hard drives. So I kind of, like, excommunicated myself from that situation. Um, It's all love, family to death, but I just kind of, you know, stepped into my own as a man. And um, I had this album, and I wanted to drop it, and I didn't know how I was going to drop it. And at first it was going to be called Beloved, because my name is David, and David in Hebrew means beloved, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, But it's my birthday it was a week before it was 2 days before my birthday and i said you know what fuck it i'm about to just drop it <laughs> but i you know i couldn't put it on apple i couldn't put it on spotify nothing was cleared it was just like every my my friends my counselor at the time was like that's a, like that's a horrible idea you're about to throw away all this music i'm like you know what i have fans i have people who supported me from the jump you know, um, I got a call from my friend, Adrian Miller. I don't know if any of you guys know Adrian, but uh, he he was like, he was like, yo, you know what you should do? You should sell it. And I was like, damn, you're right. So I was like, okay, so how could I sell it? What can I do? So in two days, I I, I got WeAreGod.com, um, and I created, like, a flyer, and it had my cash app. My Venmo so. My uh, You know whatever And it came with instructions To listen to the album Like To listen to the album You gotta set an intention You gotta like Do some breathing act. Like the album came with Like instructions You had to You That's had awesome. to like really Search and find album It gave you a time To listen to it You had to That's listen dope. to it Like after 9pm So you could be in touch with Like
0: Oh it came with instructions, instructions. It came with instructions Yeah
3: yeah yeah, yeah. And I'll never forget it I was in my office Smaller than this room I was living in it Homeless Living in this like Little cubicle And I, I got on my knees man I just like prayed to God I was like man You know I've been faithful I've been a servant And I need this to work And whatever work is That's on you But I need this to work out You know And I dropped it And The first day I think I made like I don't know, like eight thousand dollars. Wow. Seven dollars and I sold it for seven dollars and seventy-seven cents.
0: So your cash app is just like ding 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 <laughs> Venmo ding.
3: Vimo cap ding 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 ding. Like the whole like, <laughs> no, but it, but it went like that for like maybe two months. Like wow. I had people give me five hundred dollars, a thousand dollars. Dame gave me twenty thousand dollars. What Dame brought that's the album crazy. for twenty thousand dollars. Wow. Um, that's crazy.
0: What's your cash crazy. app? <laughs> give everybody. <her> <laughs> right. we, we can still do it, right?
3: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah You can't Well, actually you can't Because I'll tell you why in a second But okay. um Yeah, I made a lot of money And like my life changed And then um I got a call From an executive Who Called me I don't even know how he got my number I don't know how celebrities and executives Get your phone number But they got my number you find it. And uh he's like Yo, I'm pulled over on the side of the road On the freeway And I heard your album I've been on the side of the for, like, two hours. I heard it back and forth, <laughs> and, like, I'm in tears. Like, I've cried. I've laughed. Like, this is, like, the most impactful wow. album I think I've ever heard. Do you have a deal? And I'm like, nah, I got no deal. I'm independent. And he was like, yo, you know, uh, I, I want to put something together for you. And I was like, all right, cool, you know. But one thing about me, I've been independent since you've known me. Mm-hmm. Um, independence means a lot And if I was ever to do Like a partnership It would have to be Like on my terms Like yeah. I would need Full ownership Of my masters I would need You know A 50-50 Like I, I would just Need certain things That most yeah. artists Aren't aware of yeah. So I told him And we were in negotiations For maybe Two months, every day, me, lawyer, them. It got all the way up to the 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 set. The founder of the label. And this is like one of the biggest labels in the world. Yeah. Um. And then another label came out, and they counted their offer, and they counted their offer, and they counted their offer. You created
0: a full-life so bidding, bidding war. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a, a
3: super bidding war. And then one day, I was going to actually do the deal because they, they agreed to everything. They agreed to give me. The, there's just one thing they didn't agree to. So they agreed to my advance, which, was crazy. They agreed to my terms. They just wouldn't agree to a um, a marketing budget. Mm-hmm. And it didn't make sense because it's like, why would you give me a multi-million dollar deal right. and not give me some money. Yeah. So, so then nice I got me. a call from Rodney Jerkins. And uh Rodney Jerkins was like, yo, Dave, guess what I got in the studio? I'm like, ooh, he's like, I'm with G. Roberson. And if any of y'all listening, G. Roberson managed Kanye, mm-hmm. managed Drake. Manage Wayne, manage Nikki, manage Lil not. Nas- he's one, you know, one of the biggest uh, executives in the game. And uh, Rodney was like, "Yo," he came to the studio. He was like, "Yo, I'm looking for like the next gay, like someone who can rap this, more fashion." Da-da-da. He was like, "I think I got the right person." So I get on the phone <sighs> with him, and he's like, "Um," and I told him like, "Yo, I'm about, I'm about to do this deal tomorrow." He's like, "Yo, don't, don't, don't sign it. S- give me a week to find you a better offer." And I said, "A week." I didn't want to slow down momentum, but I was like, cool, I'll I'll do a week, right? He called me back in three hours with a deal that was quadrupled the size. Like a $1.7 million marketing budget.
1: Wow.
0: They
3: didn't want to commit to marketing. I got like a million. You got a $1.7 million marketing
0: budget in addition to
3: everything. In addition to everything. And full ownership of my masters and a JV situation. Uh, it, it, there's really no deal like it right now. I mean,
2: for you to own your masters, yeah, on your first first uh, deal, that's like unheard of. It's
3: unheard of, yeah.
0: And a lot of artists don't Forbes didn't navigate through this to even get to that point to have those conversations to yeah. say like, I need full ownership of yeah. my stuff.
3: Yeah, I mean Forbes did an article on it. You know what I mean? We it's it's 2021. I I shouldn't. Ha- I don't have a master, and they shouldn't own my masters. That's right. Um, but so. We ended up doing a deal with Warner and that that's who uh, I ended up partnering with and they've been incredible partners and, you know, allowed me to, the space and the freedom to to create and to grow and to, and to do all these weird ass ideas yeah. that no one in the building is doing. And like, they're just like, what you want to shut down? You want to do, all right, That's do dope. it. You know? So Congratulations and, and speak, and that-
2: speaking of weird ass ideas and not that this is a weird idea, weird idea. I think it was one of the dopest, most creative ways to release a music video. Um, you dropped the revolutionary video. Yeah. yeah. And um, let's talk about the way that you premiered the video and where you premiered the video and what
3: inspired <laughs> you to do it at the location that you did. Uh, Yeah, I dropped it and I, I premiered it. I projected it on the L.A. County jail. Twin Tower. <laughs> <laughs> on the Twin Tower. <laughs> out,
2: most people want to stay away from Twin Tower.
3: I brought I brought a hundred plus kids out there and we. At a party Yeah it was a Friday night Friday night And, and we didn't get shut down The cops sent a drone They sent drones To spy on us Like little drones Just hovering over us But they didn't stop it Really And yeah and We projected over The entire building And you know uh <sighs> Like what made you do that Like I wish I could give you some profound reason <laughs> to be like, I did it for the, my niggas locked up. You know, but. But like, I was going to ask you did, you, did you have somebody, well, yeah. uh, you know, I, mean, I I've, I've somebody been in that there, you wanted I, to see the video? Yeah, that? I've been in there. I, you know, I've, I know people are locked up. My, my uncle has been locked up for the last 30 years consecutively. Um, I just, I just did it for all the revolutionaries behind bars that, that yeah. might not have a, a, a perspective, an opinion that that you know that are that there's so many brilliant people in jail right now. Yeah. You know, so many philosophers and, and people who are just brilliant and who might never see the light of day for petty crimes. Like there's people locked up for like weed related crimes right. right now, and Years like ago. you know, yeah. it just don't it don't make sense. So I I just wanted to do something different. Um, I was going to premiere uh, America on Fire on the White House. I was this close, and I still might do it. I think you should still do it. Yeah, it, it was. It's gonna cost me like one hundred twenty thousand dollars to the three D project mapped the entire White House, and um, I, I have. I'm 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 probably still gonna do it. So anyone listening, you got the budget to do it. There you go. Yeah, you got the money to do it now. <laughs> you got the oh, marketing budget. The I, just want, I, just want, I just want. I just want. I just want to do shit no one's ever done. Right. That's awesome. it. You
0: know, you mentioned you mentioned Kanye, and I people compare you to him a lot just like with the way you think and just nobody else is thinking to project something on, on twin towers or on the white house for that matter. Like yeah. what do you think about that comparison? Cause I think I personally think Kanye as an artist is just like so dope. So when people compare you to him, are you like, nah, I'm nothing like that dude. Or, or how do you take no,
3: that? I, I, th- I think it's an honor. I think Kanye as a thinker, is is one of the greatest thinkers of our generation mm-hmm. outside of the box he's been misconstrued as a as a as crazy blah 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 but you know anybody anyone who has some level of genius mm-hmm. at some point in time has been called crazy, called crazy. Mm-hmm. people call me crazy like we live in a we live in a in this mm-hmm. box and i don't know if you guys have ever seen this but have you ever seen like um someone take a pin and draw a box mm-hmm. on a on, a, uh, on a sheet of paper, and then an ant, like there's an ant, right. and you draw it, and then the ant can't just go outside around. the box. Have That's you seen true. that? Yep,
1: I've seen that. Mm-hmm. So
3: it literally just an ant on a piece of paper, and just with a line, they just draw the thing, and literally the ant
1: just can't go outside really? the box. Really? And there's yeah. nothing trapping them. Mm-hmm.
3: That's what we are as Our a society, mm-hmm. as a people, as humanity. Mm-hmm. We are living inside these lines that don't even exist. Yep. Mm-hmm. I believe we're we're capable of so many things. I believe we're Absolutely. capable of flying and telepathy and mi- like all types so of shit things, that we yep. haven't tapped into. So mm-hmm. Kanye is a, is a free thinker, so I think it's amazing. I I've, I've met with Ye, you know, and he he uh he probably said the same thing.
0: Well, are are we looking forward to a collaboration with the two of you?
3: Man, maybe. I mean, you know, maybe at some point, but I think Kanye is on some other shit right now. He, yeah. He's probably not even you know, maybe that would be amazing though. That'd be great. I would love to see
0: it. Me too. I, I think. It. I mean, I think lyrically and just like your whole style, it's so much alike. And I would love to see something like that. Just FYI. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, there's two things that could happen when things get to a point where it really breaks into pop culture. You know, the, the biggest, the bigger artists like the Ye's, and Jay, they can embrace me wholeheartedly, which I hope they do because they're the reason why I got into music. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes, you know. Older artists sometimes feel feel away, you know. They feel mm. away about artists who might step into their lane or their legacy, and you know they kind of shun them. I'm I'm with whatever though, but I would love to collaborate. I'm I'm all open for it, you know. And one thing that I uh, respect about you as an artist,
2: um, you haven't got the big features and the big co signs mm-hmm. throughout your career, no. but you still managed to build this organic fan base and i am the, i am the
3: definition of underground yeah dude. like yeah. like dude, i've worked with some of the biggest artists they could have easily shouted me out yo at david sebastian you the mm-hmm. if you know i could have got the uh, uh, yeah but you know it, it's I, cool it's cool <laughs> it's, <laughs> listen i my you know what my mom tells me she says david she said it's better this way that way, no one could ever say they did something. something yep. for
1: you, and you did it yourself. I did
3: it myself. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody say, "Yo, you I blew mean- you up with the-. Nah, nigga." No, nope. <laughs> 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 nah, exactly. I did this. Yes, I did this. Exactly. So I'm, I'm really happy.
0: So you've, you've mastered the art of uh, mind over matter. You've mastered the art of manifestation. You, you know how to hide from the police. Like, what's, what's <laughs> next? What's next for you?
3: Um, invisibility. Wow. <laughs> now nah, fuck fuck. You
0: probably already I don't had the machine for that. <laughs> you did hide from the police, so yeah, yeah. I don't know. You, um, you may be able to make yourself what's invisible. Next?
3: Yeah. Honestly, just... Um,
1: Movies? Marvel?
3: I mean, I, I have a film that's going to come with the next album I'm about to drop, nice. but it's really just amplifying everything that I'm currently doing yep. right now. So, you know, dropping more records, better videos, Skiro Fashion Week. I want to do... I'm I'm gonna shut down Skid Row like I'm gonna actually block off nice. the whole street. We're there. Yeah, and and I'm gonna sure. take people who live in that community, mm-hmm. get them on some you know Ford That's Model awesome. Wilhelmina level. Models.
0: Love that. I love that. And
3: and I'm creating like a collection with. I I don't want to give too much away yeah. in case someone's listening. Want to take that shit, but I'm uh I'm I'm doing that and. Uh, I'm bringing back the Just Draw program. Um, I'm starting a series called A Day with David, where I take people who live on Skid Row and I give them the day of their life, and then at the end, you know, I, I employ them with Skid Row. You know, so that's nice. gonna be cool. Um, just learning to be a better, a better uh, man, friend, brother, you know, son.
0: Well, you're such an inspiration, and, you. you know, we're so happy to have you here, and we support you 110% whatever you're doing. Like I keep saying, you are so dope, and I know that you know that, so you have our support. We want you to come back whenever you have something going on. And yeah,
3: for sure. You got yeah. a home right here. Oh, we'll no. have
0: some hot Cheetos and some green drinks for you.
3: No, I, I'm, a, I'm a loyal person. Like, you know, there's, there's certain... Artists who are like, you know, do something at a certain level and then when get, they get to Drake level, they get brand new. Right. You know, I, I could be Drake. Like, I'll I pull up wherever. Like, yeah. you know, I've never changed from the day yeah. you met when me. When I asked him to
2: come on the show, he was like, just tell me when. It's nothing, you right? Let's <laughs> right? make nothing, it happen. So, <laughs> so we we'll, we'll appreciate you. Where can people
3: find, like, the clothing line? and uh,
2: Where can people um, find
3: Go to my gram, at mm-hmm. David Sebastian, anti, S-A-B-A-S-T-I-A-N. I might still be shadow banned, so you might have to write it all out. Um, And by the time you hear this I'm changing it to, well, I shouldn't say that Because it's the one more thing But <laughs> the point is Is at David Sebastian Or you could text me 310-388-5193 Sheesh.
0: Or you could cash app him too Okay yeah. Yeah, Drop the cash app Drop, drop the cash, app.
3: Uh, drop cash the app. app Cash app David Sebastian Cash uh, Vimo, You know uh, Whatever You, yep. know, you, go, you can well, figure it out We support
2: you uh, We bought the album earlier And we're gonna just Keep supporting you my brother Thank you. you. Thank
3: you guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Maybe
2: Sebastian in the building.
0: Yeah. Keep it locked, y'all.